Well, hello there, everybody, as we are back with another edition of the Extra Rounds podcast on Fansided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA. And we're going to start the show in just a minute, but before we do that, this episode of the Extra Rounds podcast is being brought to you by TestStrips.com. That's TestStrips with the Z, ladies and gentlemen, .com. Managing diabetes is your business. Making it affordable is theirs. You can sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause that causes the fight against diabetes. Why would you have extra diabetes supplies to sell? Maybe you've switched brands of testing supplies. Maybe the accumulation and overstock of supplies over time. Maybe the unfortunate news of a relative or a significant other passing away. Whatever that is, you could turn those extra unused supplies into cash. At teststrips.com, they'll buy all major brands of glucose test strips and lancets, including AccuCheck, Bayer, Freestyle, and OneTouch. And they offer a simple-to-use, fully automated platform where individuals can submit sales orders and request prepaid shipping labels to ship your items. Once the package is received, they will send payment within 24 hours via business check or PayPal. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? They will then take those supplies. They will resell them online at significantly reduced prices, sometimes up to 80 to 90% off pharmacy prices. They do that because... They don't want these supplies to go to waste or expire, and they want to create a more affordable market for those who are not covered by insurance. What a company this is. You can learn more by going to teststrips.com, teststripswiththez.com, or calling 855-STRIPS-WITH-THE-Z-1. That's 855-STRIPS-1. Teststrips.com, Better Business Bureau accredited, A-plus rating for over five years. They are affiliated with the American Diabetes Association. They support the Wounded Warrior Project, and they have partnered up with one of the biggest sports radio stations in the country, 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. Test strips with a Z.com. Sell your extra unused diabetes supplies for up to $50 per box and support a worthy cause and support a just a fantastic company. Now, let us start the show. Fan-sided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA present the Extra Rounds Podcast. Yes, exactly. Let's go get them. Huh? We're going to shake things up. Now, here is your host, Mike Hack. Another episode of the Extra Rounds Podcast. My apologies for taking last week off. I had recorded a fantastic interview with Tough 28 finale winner and probably the star of the season, Maurice Green. And I had to record the interview while driving around in my car picking up my son at school. And we're trying to figure out how to get the file ready to go and formatted correctly and I think we figured it out so that episode's going to air later on this week it was a great chat Maurice Green opened up in a big way and we look forward to having that on the show coming up later on this week and we got quite a show coming up for you this week on the Extra Rounds podcast on Fansided MMA and Sports Illustrated MMA my name is Mike Hack I'm your host broadcasting our studios here in beautiful Berkshire County Massachusetts so let's get right into the lineup here. Joining us later on the show, we talked to him a couple weeks ago, and he got that first octagon victory. Mike Rodriguez knocking out and finishing Adam Milstead in the opening round at UFC Milwaukee. He is on the board, ladies and gentlemen. We have a new player at 205 pounds. Mike Rodriguez will join us on the program coming up later on. And speaking of victories... Kicking things off for us, 
will be Grant Dawson. Now, for those who may not be familiar with Grant Dawson, Grant Dawson's been one of these up-and-coming prospects. We've been hearing about him for years and years now. On the first season of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, Grant Dawson made a statement, and he got a UFC contract. I had confirmed some reports not long after that that Grant Dawson had his UFC debut fight booked and ready to go, and then we found out a couple days later that he was flagged by USADA, and he fought, and he won! He got his name completely cleared, so we're going to be joined by Grant Dawson, and he's going to talk all about what these last 12, 13, 14 months have been like for him as he's finally cleared from USADA. How about that? And you know what? Grant Dawson's ready to go. We'll take a short break. 30 seconds back at it. We'll talk to the prophet Grant Dawson on the Extra Rounds podcast. All right, welcome back to the Extra Rounds Podcast, everybody. Joining me right now is making his first appearance on this particular program. He's been on my old show a few times. During the first season of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, he had an incredible performance. He earned a UFC contract. And reports were coming out that his Octagon debut was set. Nothing was confirmed by the UFC. And then we found out he was flagged by USADA and was removed from any reported bout that, that could have been signed. And we found out recently that USADA has cleared him of any wrongdoing and is good to go. Where that takes him, we're going to find out right now as we're being joined by the prophet himself, Grant Dawson. Grant, how are you, man? Fantastic. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Well, first things first, Grant, you find out the news a couple of weeks ago that you were cleared, but going back to where it all began, it happened last November when we found out that you were flagged by USADA. You've been through some ups and downs, man. We talked about that the last time you were on talking with me. You got on the Contender Series, you impressed everybody, you got a contract, and then this all goes down. When you found out the news that you were flagged, how did you react to that? Man, I was shocked. Um, I'm not a supplements guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not a cheater, and, and I was just... It was, I hit a poor me stage for a few days where I was like, why, why is this happening to me? Like, I don't do this stuff. What's going on here? Uh, after that, man, it was just about clearing my name. You know, like I know that I didn't do it. And I, my coaches and my, my uh, friends and teammates know that this, this had to be a mistake. So we spent the last 14 months not trying to get a reduced sentence but trying to prove my innocence and to uh, clear my name. I know in the statement that was released by the UFC and USADA, they didn't actually reveal what you actually tested positive for. What did USADA say was in your system during that out-of-competition test? So they they, uh, they said that what was in my system was the Turnaball, a drug called Turnaball, and um, a lot of uh, doing some research on it, a lot of baseball players, uh, are, are popping up for it and, and having no idea how it's showing up. Uh, a couple of U- other UFC fighters, including John Jones, are popping for it, and it, it's just unclear on why it's it, it's turning up. So, yeah. So through your research and everything, did, did it ever become clear of how it got into your system, or is it still kind of a mystery at this point? Man, it's a, it's, it's a mystery. Uh, the... Yeah, I, I didn't take it. I didn't take, you know, anything that would have had it in it. I, no idea what what went wrong, but like I said, man, we we weren't suspended for the last fourteen months. We spent the last fourteen months trying to clear my name. You know, it, it's funny you say that because we see fighters get cleared in different ways, whether it be with with tainted supplements, getting the reduced suspension. We've seen fighters just take a suspension so they can move on, whether they took an illegal substance or not, simply because of the financial implications that fighting it could cause. We've all seen cases like Josh Barnett, where it, it took a really long time, but he fought it and he came out the other side. You know, for you. 
did you just kind of say, you know, I don't care how much this sets me back. I have to clear my name. You, you just can't put a price tag on my reputation. You know what I mean? Correct, man. You know, I, you know, I'm all about integrity. I'm all about uh, being the, the guy. When people look at me, I don't want them to say, oh, man, he's so good because he did this or, or you know, there, there's fighters out there that, that were amazing and, and absolutely the top of their game. And then USADA comes in and they just can't hang with the, with the sport anymore. Wonder why. And I, I'm not one of those fighters. You know, I'm 100% me. You know, what goes in my body is real food unless it's McDonald's. <laughs> <Where's> <laughs> there? I mean, th- through all this, I mean, it, it took 14 months. I mean, you probably lost some money here trying to fight this thing. But again, at the end of the day, you came out the other side and it's probably all worth it to you. You can look yourself in the mirror and, and know that you did everything you can to clear your name. But at any point, was there any consideration to just taking whatever you saw to gave you just so you could put it behind you? Or is that not even a discussion at all? Uh, they, yeah, they offered, uh, they, they didn't offer a reduced sentence, but basically what they offered was for us to just settle and, and they decide how long I get. And, and we said, no, we're not admitting to this. We're not admitting that this was our fault at all. We're fighting this to the bitter end. And I was prepared to go down swinging. Um, the worst they could have gave me was two years and just the closer and closer we got, it got discouraging, but it was like, we're getting closer to, to solving this. We're getting closer. Just you know, stay the course and we'll get it done. So that's what I did. And that's what we got done. At what point did you kind of feel like everything was going in your direction? I mean, it's a fight and all these things are happening. There's probably multiple tests that have to go on, multiple things you have to do. At what point did you feel like, you know, the light was green and you, you were at least on the road to, to getting yourself cleared here? So we had our, uh, we had our appeal and, and it was like our court date and whatnot. We, we, everybody brought their own evidence to the table. Um, thing you know uh it was it was a long it was a gruesome process it was not fun it was my very first day in a court setting uh not a lot of fun we got it done and uh they came back to us and they said they wanted to do a few more tests they wanted to to try out a few more things to see if they could uh read some numbers i don't completely understand the whole science behind it uh but when that happened we knew like hey something's come clear here we're figuring this out, like just a couple, maybe a, a couple more months. Just, just stay with it. We're almost done with this, uh, and we did. And and one one morning, we got an email, and they sent us that I the charges were being dropped, and I was cleared. Jeff Nowitzki has been on some different shows, different podcasts. Knows on Joe Rogan, and and one of the things he likes to say is, you know, I'm not the golden snitch, like like Brendan Schaub says I am. I'm here to to help the fighters with anything. Were you getting support from Jeff and from the UFC through all this? We were getting support from Jeff. Um, we had a couple of questions, and and you know he he was real helpful with us, and Usada was really helpful with us. I want I want to make something very clear here. Uh, this took a long time, and it I've lost 14 months of my career and my life and all that, and and that sucks. But I do want to like thank you, Sada, for uh, coming clean with you know with the evidence. I, I shouldn't say coming clean, like really sticking by their code of conduct and really trying to find out if I actually did this or not, or if it was a mistake on their part. Um, the the process went, and and we got her done, and uh, I'm really glad that you Sada. I think this, you know, makes USADA more, their integrity is shown through this. When you finally got that word that everything was cleared, you, you opened up that email, you read what it had to say. What was that feeling like for you? Like, did, did you feel vindicated in a way? Or was there a part of you that was like, damn, like, where did this past year go? I had to sit out for something I didn't do. Was there a little bit of kind of hostility towards the situation as well? There was no hostility at all, man. 
14 months is a long time, but that's life, you know, like I'm going to run into speed bumps. This is not my last speed bump, bro. Like there's going to be a fight that I should have won that I lost. There's going to be, you know, things are going to happen and that's just life and you got to deal with it. Uh, I, I cleared my name and I'm happy. You know, I can say I didn't settle and we made a deal and I got a short amount of time. I got cleared. If I do fail again, which won't happen, but if I do, it will be treated as if it was my first time because they dropped the charges. I'm an innocent man. Has there been any discussion with the UFC since you were cleared? Anyone from the organization reach out to you to congratulate you? Any kudos? Any thanks for staying clean? Anything like that from the organization? Uh, no, but I don't really care about that stuff, man. I I just want to fight. I don't care about, you know, good jobs and, and, you know, we knew you had it in you, like, I just want a contract sent my way and, and a name on it. That's all I care about. Are you still under contract with the UFC? Have you or your management spoken to the brass to say, hey, he earned a contract, he did nothing wrong, put him in, coach, he's ready to fight? Any, any discussion on that front? I am not under contract with the UFC, but I am expecting a – I'm getting ready to take a short-notice fight if need be. What has this last 13 months, 14 months or so been like for you? Like, how have you been able to, to stay busy and try not to think about what's happening with your fighting career throughout all of this? Oh, man. I mean, I've been doing nothing but thinking of my fighting career, man. I, I've trained every single day. I, it, it's, I've not missed a day of training because of this. I've not stopped working hard. I've gotten so much better in the time off because I don't have to prepare for anybody. I can just focus on what my weaknesses are and, and fix them, you know. Uh, also, uh, funny story, like the week after this whole thing happened and I got released from the UFC, I met my uh, girlfriend now, Elle Wagman, and we've been together this whole 14 months. She's never seen me fight once. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've just, life goes on. My life revolves around fighting, but it is not the only thing in my life. You know, I love to train. I love working out. I love spending time with Elle and, and, and family and friends. And so, We've just been moving on and, and waiting for my time to come. So when one door temporarily closes, another one opens. How about that? Absolutely. <laughs> now, Absolutely. obviously, you want them to, to send you a contract and get, and get you going here. When would you like to get in there and debut? I mean, I think there's some good matchups, some fun matchups out there for you. For example, if the UFC comes through here, and I was thinking about this the other day when I was talking to your manager, Robert Carver, a fight between you and another contender series alum, Matt Bissett, would be a lot of fun and, and have some bonus money potential there. Is anyone sticking out to you or a time frame, or are you just waiting to see where, you, where you'll end up at this point before you get that far? Man, I so I hate it when like fighters get asked the question, you know, who do you want next? And they say, whoever the UFC wants. I, I hate that answer. It's so stupid. But I honestly, I don't have anybody right now. I, it's a debut fight. I'm not going to get who I asked for, so it doesn't matter. Honestly, if I could pick, you know, I don't know, BJ Penn, any, any of them. <laughs> I don't care. Just throw me a name, man. I, I want a name and I want to get after it. Once I win, then I'll start calling people out and then I, absolutely I'll have an answer for you. But right now, you know, I, anybody, Moicano, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, regardless of, of who you are, how many fights you've had in the UFC, where you are, where you're out of the card, if news comes out that a fighter is flagged, you immediately see that he or she is a cheater and all of that. So what do you want to say to those people who doubted you and tried to troll and tarnish your name out there? Screw up. No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. I, I really don't. It, it's about proving my name innocent. And I did, but there's always going to be haters, man. There's going to, I have a, I have a teammate named Megan Anderson 
and and uh, she is an absolute amazing fighter, and she does you know great work, and she gets striking advice from these you know basement warriors with Cheeto stains <laughs> on their hands all the time. Like it, it doesn't matter how good you are or how clean you are or what somebody is gonna find something that they don't like about you and they're gonna post about it on social media and that's okay like that's fine that's what social media is there for i'm not gonna lose any sleep over it i hope you don't lose any sleep over it like do what you gotta do and get out of here man you know there you go so you've been through the process here and i'm not asking you to dump on anybody but you know every system in any business can always use some tweaking and some improvements here. So, you know, with this USADA UFC situation, what would you like to see change about this process moving forward? If anything, maybe just, man, it wasn't even the time situation. That was a problem. I know how many athletes they have to deal with. And that's crazy. Maybe just, uh, understanding a little bit more of the science on the, and I say that, but I don't, but, uh, understanding the, the science on their, their drugs a little bit more, you know, like I've lost, you know, 14 months of my career and and now have been, you know, I I was released by the UFC, all this stuff. It's, I I would say I would like them to to study a little bit more and be a little bit less strict. I was reading through their handbook uh, or it's not, it's an email, but whatever. I was reading through their handbook and like, there's only a certain amount of ibuprofen you can have in your system when they test you. Like ibuprofen, like, come on, guys. Like, are you serious? <laughs> like, I hurt my back the other day. I've been popping ibuprofen to, to get through the pain. Like, you got to be kidding me, you know? So maybe just uh, a little bit less strict on on their uh, stuff. And if situations, you know, like, you know, this was my very first, you know, test that I failed. Uh, John Jones has failed many tests, and we got the same amount of time. You know, my name was cleared. His wasn't. But you get what I'm saying here. Like the situation of its first first uh, offenders, maybe a little less, a little less uh, severe punishment. <clears throat> so you're obviously out in the Missouri area. You're uh, here. You're doing a ton of coaching these days. Uh, you're over at Glory MMA. You mentioned Megan Anderson. Of course, the James Krause is there. You get Zach Cummings and, and all these other folks. You got some big things happening. At Glory MMA. Talk about what's going on there and what, what classes you're, you're teaching, things like that. So uh, I'm one of the assistant uh, MMA coaches. I teach every Wednesday night and Friday night. And then anytime James is out of town, uh, I'm the guy. We got a lot of guys coming up, man. You know, like you you mentioned Megan. She's fantastic. She's got a fight here at the end of December, and she's going to do absolutely amazing in it. I can't wait to see her compete. We got other guys too, man. We got Jason Witt. We got Trey Ogden. You know, these guys have been on the UFC's radar for a long time, and I have no doubt that they're going to be in there in a second. We guys, we got guys like Mike Breeden. That dude is a savage. He's on uh, LFA. He fights on LFA quite a bit. If you want to see a fun fight, watch that dude. He is a savage. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that these guys are gonna, these guys are gonna break through into the UFC any any day now, any month now. And then we got amateurs coming up. That's which is crazy to me. Like these amateurs are hanging with our pros. You know, like guys like me. These guys are tough, man. The sport has just evolved so much since I was an amateur. It's it's a great it's great to see their journey and to know that I played a big part in all of them. You know, you always hear the 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 Jackson Winks, the the ATTs, the Tri Stars, and, and gyms like that always being mentioned at the top. You, this has been a big year for Fortis MMA in, in terms of what they've been able to accomplish. How close are we to seeing Glory MMA and all those conversations? You know, leading up, you know, leading into, you know, this is the best year for this team being mentioned in that conversation. 
uh, I, it's not going to be long, man. You know, in a couple of years, we're going to be, you know, the next alpha male. Uh, it's, we're growing every day and our athletes are growing every day. Uh, me and James talk MMA side, you know, uh, talk about how to help our fighters and help them grow. And, and he's got like, that dude's a businessman and he is, he is ready to, to grow this, this gym. And I truly believe that we will be an alpha male, uh, an ATT, however you want to look at it coming up shortly. That's great, man. Grant, thank you so much for jumping on and talking about all this. Before we wrap up, please take the floor and shout out, you know, your gym, your team, sponsors, anything else you'd like to get off your chest that you didn't get a chance to say. Go right ahead, my man. Uh, hey, guys. Um, I just want to thank my my coaches and my manager. My manager, Joe Wooster, for always believing me. My agent, Robert Carver. Uh, my co- my head coach, James Krause. Uh, when this whole situation happened, they there was not a doubt in their mind. They, they didn't even have to ask me because they knew how it was. Uh, I want to thank my girlfriend, Elle Wagman, for always supporting me and helping me through this long time. You guys are great. I want to thank my lawyer, uh, Brad Hill. You did a great job. We won. Heck yeah. Let's do it. All the best to you, Greg. Congratulations on the vindication, and we look forward to seeing what's next for you in 2019. Thanks, brother. All right. Great stuff right there from the prophet Grant Dawson. He has been cleared from any and all, everything from, from USADA. Of course, we found out in November of 2017 that he had been flagged by USADA. He spent 14 months fighting this thing, and he got his vindication. And, you know, right now he said he's not currently under contract with the UFC, but Grant is a stud, man. I've been talking to Grant Dawson for for four years now from when he was with Titan FC. You know, even when, four years ago when he was with Titan FC, he was he was climbing up the, ra- up the ladder, and a lot of people within the Titan organization were saying that, you know, he's right there. He's a win or two away, and he would have great performance after great performance, and then... You know, as young fighters do, they they go through their ups and downs. Grant seemed to have found his way back up, and then all this happened. And I, I got to say, you know, for a young man like that to to handle this the way that he has handled it is really impressive to me. And I think the UFC should should absolutely one hundred percent take notice of how Grant Dawson has handled himself through the situation. As you just heard, very very mature, and uh, we look forward to seeing him. I think a fight with him and Bissett would be phenomenal. So, you're welcome. UFC matchmakers. All right, we go from a victory outside of the octagon to a victory inside of the octagon. Our next guest picked up his first victory in the UFC over the weekend. In the UFC fight pass featured prelim bout, he defeated Adam Milstead in devastating fashion at UFC on Fox in Milwaukee over the weekend. And we have a new player at 205 pounds, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Rodriguez is back on the show. Mike, how are you, man? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I bet. Look at you getting getting victories <laughs> in the octagon like that. I mean, your first UFC victory is under your belt now. You've changed some things up from your octagon debut. You really worked on your strength and conditioning, your mental approach to fighting change as well. And it really seemed to have really paid off for you. How did, how did you feel once the bell rang that the fight began? Because it seemed like everything went down according to plan here. Um, yeah, I, um, I felt awesome. I, what I, I just felt normal. Like I felt like at ease, relaxed and just ready to go. Like I didn't, it was like no pressure or anything on me. I felt good. How different was that feeling as opposed to the first fight? Um, the first fight, I think a lot of the, there was a lot of little variables into the first fight, but one of the biggest ones was like, I felt like I was overthinking everything. And uh, I was like, you know, just like not not shocked that I was there, but more just just overthinking. Like I was overthinking everything. Everything was like 
slow motion for me. <laughs> like I still was picking up on anything. But it was a different ball game this time. The finishing sequence was absolutely fantastic. You, you land some shots. That jumping knee of the body was just nasty. And that was the beginning of the end of the fight. Is, is that is that knee something you were working on, something you and your team were looking for heading into the fight? Uh, yeah, so um, my, um, my kickboxing coach, so he was like, we um, we figured out Milstead. There's no, there's no, there's like there's no secret in what he does. He comes in a pocket and he's trying to take your lights out, you know. And uh, we knew he was always coming like forward. So everything we he wanted us, everything he wanted me to do was straight down the middle, straight down the middle. So and he's like, we, man, we got to get that left, that left knee going. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. When he's on his cage, because he'll be stopped. So he's like, just fight our left knee. So I said, all right. And uh, we worked at, we drilled it. And um, at first we weren't going to use it because we didn't like how it was coming out and sparring. And um, and we didn't like how it was just like, I, I wasn't fluent with it. And then he was like, uh, 24 hours, like uh, Friday night, I was hitting mitts. And everybody was like, dude, you look really good hitting that combination. Throw it tomorrow. I was like, really? They're like, yeah. So I said, all right. And I threw it. <laughs> And it was a finish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, w- once it was all over, because, you know, I, I kind of have these, like when I talk to fighters, especially when they're heading in trying to get their first win, I, I, there's a, I know I'm not supposed to, like, you know, have a dog in the fight, but, you know, a part of you gets excited when you see it all happen. And watching it happen once the fight ended, I was like, what's Mike mm-hmm. going to do? How's he going to celebrate this? Is he going to do a freaking backflip off the cage? What the heck's he going to do? And it wasn't the celebration one would expect when winning their first fight in the UFC, but watching it and looking a little bit deeper... I could literally see the weight falling off your shoulders. The Mike Rodriguez from his UFC debut. I could actually see the spirit of that guy just leaving your body at that point. Like, am I accurate in that? Because normally after that first win, it's a it's a big time celebration. You're going crazy. You really didn't go in that direction. Mm-mm. That that what you just described and how you just said it was literally pinpoint accuracy of how I felt. That's what it felt like. I it just. It was just a huge, huge, huge just relief. Like, you know, because again, like, uh, like I had said before, like, you know, going into after the second fight, after the first fight, like you, you have all these, you know, these thoughts in your mind, like, okay, are you as good as these guys are? Like, you know what I'm saying? You have all these like weird thoughts in your heads. You have all of this like negativity, like in your mind, like everybody has it. Every athlete have it. It's, it's part of, you know what I mean? It's hard being an athlete, it's hard being a competitor. And so, like, when you're having all these thoughts in your mind, you're like, damn. And then, like, I, I was kicking myself at the beginning of the camp and throughout the summer. And then by the time it came, that's by the time I got this fight with the Milstead, it all was over with, it was done with. And then I'm like, you know what? When I go into this fight, I'm going to be totally fine. Because I, I dealt with all of the, the BS that I had dealt with from that previous loss. So, like, you know, I... Like so, I, I think all is said and done. The first me, my first fight in the UFC, being a loss was just like is what I needed. Honestly, it catapulted me to a higher level, a different tier in my mind, and that's exactly how I felt. How you described that? What were you kind of saying to yourself in that moment? Was it just was it just sort of like, man, I did it. Like I'm here, I belong here. Like what was going on in your mind uh, as this is all happening after the fight ends and after you're getting pulled off there? That's exactly what it felt like. I just was like, I told you, 
that's what that's what more was my like I was telling myself like I told you of course you belong here this is where you're at this this is like you worked hard for this and you was not gonna lose this for nothing in the world not tonight no nah. I had heard Adam do an interview with the great James Lynch and I know James is someone you've spoken to on a number of occasions and Adam said in yep. his in his interview that if he were to lose to you on Saturday night that he was done and we obviously saw him lay down his gloves and and follow through with those words but were you aware that he was speaking like that heading into the fight that if you beat him he was done um I I did I did hear that a lot of people were like telling me about that and it was like surfing everywhere but um I I didn't feed too much into that you know what I mean I didn't feed too much into that. I just was like, you know what? It's not about. I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about what I have to do. So there's no, you know, no offense taken to that, or you know, was it more like, you know, whether it was you or any guy standing across from him that night, the same thing would have happened, the same approach that it was win or retire. Yeah, it does doesn't matter. It, it was going to be the same outcome. Like, didn't matter. I um I didn't pay too much attention. Oh no, I didn't take offense to that at all. I mean, I figured like, you know, not. I don't want to like shit talk him or anything but i felt like retirement was kind of like in the air somewhere around for him because they have a full-time job he had a really bad injury with the uh curtis blades fight so i'm like i wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't that didn't come to his mind at some point he had a long layoff like it was but um he showed up man and he brought it like he said he was gonna bring it he like kudos to him he did his thing, and best of luck in the future. Did you guys get a chance to talk in the back afterwards? I mean, you're you're coming off the win. You're walking in the back. He lays down his gloves. Did you have a chance to to talk with him afterwards? No, I I, I came out. I came out. I came to the back, and I was like, oh, like you know, whatever. I checked the doctor and everything like that. Uh, sat in the room with the rest of my teammates because Rob Font, he's a teammate of mine. He was getting ready to fight too, so he was he just got in. He was warming up, stuff like that. And then I was like, "Oh, let me go to the green room. Maybe he's in the green room. He wasn't in there. I didn't. I like. And then I saw his corner, and then I got kind of distracted. I spoke to like they. They was like, "Oh, good fight and everything." And then I was, I was gonna uh, ask him about Adam like, "Yo, is he all right?" Blah blah blah. And before I even did anything like that, I got distracted, and then they took off. And yeah, I think he just left. You mentioned Rob Font, of course, one of your teammates. He was looking like Sugar Ray Leonard out there in those first couple oh, of rounds. He was boy. landing that jab over and over again. He looked fantastic yeah. in his win over Sergio Pettis. It was a good night for New England mixed martial arts. How does how, how do you and Rob and the, and the Boston contingency celebrate a victory or a pair of victories in Milwaukee? Oh, yeah. Um, I had went out to a, uh, a bar, an arcade bar called Up Down in Milwaukee. I guess it's like some everybody's like, oh, you gotta check it out. It's pretty cool, whatever. And they just had like all these old school games. So I just celebrated there. I think he actually like just went back and just chilled at the hotel because he did go through like a three round fight. It's so funny. If you had asked me how I thought you would celebrate, I would have said you probably would have played video games. And I guess yeah. you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple of drinks, video games. That's pretty much what I do. What were you spending the video game money on? What, what games are in there? Uh, they had a whole bunch of them, uh, like uh, Street Fighter Two, uh, the original Killer Instinct, uh, Mario Kart sixty four. Oh man, uh, Ninja Turtles, Battletoads. Oh my uh, god! Yeah, Battletoads and Double Dragon, by far one of the hardest games I've ever played <laughs> in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing back old flashbacks here, unbelievable. Yeah. 
obviously, you know, it was a great night for you. It was also a short night for you. We talked about everything you did, everything you went through, all the changes you made heading into this fight. And I know it's, you know, a few days removed. The card just ended. But are you looking to get back in there right away in 2019? Or do you want to kind of smell the roses a little bit and, and take a little bit of a breather, get through the holidays and be dad for a little while? Well, yeah, I want to get through the holidays and, and get back right into it. Like, um, I don't really take much time off from the gym because I, you know, it, I'm forever trying to refresh and put new tools in my toolbox. So, you know, I'll like, I'll take, I took this week off, you know, hanging out with the kids and stuff like that. But next week I'll be back at the gym. I'll be grappling and doing strength conditioning and jujitsu and everything. You know, Wrestling, yeah. the works. Yeah, you talk, You kind of talked about like the, the the changing of the guard at 205. How you know, kind of the young blood, the new blood is is starting to come up. A lot of people haven't even made their debuts yet. Who have that kind of killer instinct? We know Ryan Spann, who you talked about. He's about to make his debut in a couple of mm-hmm. months, and some other guys as well that you mentioned. Is there anybody at 205 that gets you excited for your next one? Nah, I don't. I don't have anybody in mind at the moment. Nobody. I'm just like just chilling, just taking it. Fight by fight. Yeah, I don't have anybody to call out. I know family is like really important to you. You talk about how much your kids motivate you. All the Paw Patrol you were watching, even when you were in Milwaukee, getting ready for yeah. the fight. You know, I know they're really young. Do, do they do they grasp and really understand what what their dad does for a living? That you're a fighter and that you're in the UFC. Do they do they really do they grasp that concept yet? <laughs> it's funny that you said that. So like, um, when was it? When was the last time Jimmy Manuel fought? He fought uh, just recently. He fought Tiago Santos. Yep. Uh, was it week four? The week before my fight, right? Yep, that was exactly. that card. That fight was sick. It was nasty. Yeah. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so I was watching that fight. I'm sitting in the living room watching the fight, and the kids was with me, and they they thought that he was me. Like oh, <laughs> like that guy. Like you know, they was like so excited and all tuned in. I'm like, no, okay, all right, I'm here with you guys. I can't be like they thought it was like one of my fights. Yeah. Uh, that's, so, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> were they were they in Milwaukee with you or were they back home? No, no, they were back home. They were back home. Did you get to call them after the fight and and tell them that daddy daddy got the big win? Uh, yeah, I did actually. I got to speak to them. That's awesome, man. Listen, yeah. Mike. You know, congratulations to you uh, on everything. Now, now I can leave you alone for a little bit until your next fight comes up. And we appreciate you coming <laughs> on two out of the last three weeks uh, on the podcast. It means the world to me, man. Before we get out of here, man, you know, let th- thank the peeps you need to thank. Uh, let the folks once again know where to find you on on social media and stuff. If you got Twitch, I, I know you're in the game, and I know you were talking about taking some time off from that and maybe getting back into it soon. Let everyone know yep. where to follow you. Just plug plug away, my man. All right, hey, um, I want to thank. Everybody who came out to support me, who comes out to support me, and for my fights, who, all my teammates who helped me out in my training camps, thank you all. I love you all. I'd like to give a huge shout-out to Heat for holding me down with a bunch of financial issues, financial things. And um, I would like – and um, everybody can find me at Emron MMA on Twitch, Instagram, and on Twitter, um, at Mike Rodriguez. And on uh, Facebook, and uh, yeah, guys, have at it, man. Don't be afraid <laughs> to inbox me. People always get so afraid to inbox. They're like, "Oh, I don't know if you like like you hate people, or whatever." Nah, dude, I'm. You can ask me anything under the sun. We have any sort of conversation about anything, except religion and politics. I don't know anything about those two. <laughs> but anything else, 
Holla. <laughs> Great stuff, man. Congratulations on the big win. You know, it's nice to get that monkey off your back. I could see it. I could see it in you after that fight ended, like we just talked about. And, you know, very happy for you to, to, to get that first UFC victory. So enjoy the holidays. Enjoy the time with your family before you get back in there. And we expect big things out of you in 2019, Mike. Yes, sir. All right, man. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. There he is, Emrod himself, Mike Rodriguez, coming off his big victory at UFC Milwaukee. Of course, his teammate Rob Font, a fantastic performance as well. We're hoping to get him on maybe this week, if not next, well, probably after after the holidays, maybe early on in 2019. But Rob Font, we can't ignore the performance he had on Saturday against Sergio Pettis. He was fantastic. And that's it, everybody. Big thanks to Mike Rodriguez. Big thank you to Grant Dawson for coming on and opening up about defeating... The USADA process. I'm not gonna, maybe I shouldn't say it that way, but he got cleared, and that's the important thing. So, big things in 2019 for, for both of those guys. Big thank you to all you guys for downloading and subscribing to the show. It's very easy. Just click the subscribe button, and you get shows immediately upon release. Big thank you to the sponsor, teststrips.com, teststrips of the Z.com, managing diabetes is your business, making it affordable is theirs. You can turn your extra unused diabetes supplies into cash up to $50 per box. Get all the information at teststripswiththez.com. Maybe we'll be back later on this week. Maybe not. If not, I'm wishing all of you the merriest Christmas possible. And we'll see you next week or maybe later on this week on the Extra Rounds Podcast. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks again, everybody.